From the deepest depths of the dark web. Dark of the night. With your hosts, Eric Yearwood and Alex Myers. Good evening, Nightcrawlers, and welcome to the Dark of the Night podcast, episode one. I'm Alex Myers. I'm your co-host, and I am here with my dear uh, colleague, Eric Yearwood. Eric Yearwood, uh, Alex and I have been doing this a long time, so I guess it's a little bit of a misnomer to call it episode one, don't you think, Alex? We have been on a journey through different media we have tried to do a podcast before, but the audio quality was poor. Yeah. Dark of the Night started out as a radio show long ago. Alex and I transmuted it into a podcast, and then it became a web series, and then a live stream, and then we tried to do it as a TV pilot, and now we're back to doing it as a podcast. And what does that amount to? It amounts to a journey. And Dark of the Night is a journey into the dark side of reality, the paranormal, the supernatural. It's a journey into the dark truth. That's right. We're journeying into the beyond, into the mysterious, unexplained uh, of phenomena all over the universe. But we're also journeying into the soul. And tonight we have a very soulful discussion, a, an earth-shaking discussion. How... Will aliens change humanity? Yeah. I'm really excited to discuss that with you, Alex. Um, uh, and why wait to start discussing? Yeah, I, my only reason I can think of to wait is to sort of tease myself. Yeah. Because I am, I am so excited to talk. I mean, it's the, it's the, in a lot of ways, it's the big one. That's right. Aliens is the core of modern paranormal research, I would say. And why? It's it's because it's because no matter what you believe, it's plausible, right? right? It's plausible to even the most hard-headed scientific minds and believe me, they can be and and I'm not I have a lot of I don't have any scientist friends but i it seems like they can be hard-headed hmm. well scientists can be hard-headed that's for sure and but they need not be because all you need to do is look at your family pet and think about the way they must look at you as sort of a superior being that they don't understand in order to wrap your mind around why it's not far-fetched to think that aliens might exist. It's, we don't know what form that aliens will finally make what I would say widespread popular contact Mm -hmm. with human beings. Mm -hmm. It could be something very familiar. Um, We've seen depictions in Star Trek of essentially what looked like people wearing makeup uh, and they just and they say they're aliens for you know for budgetary reasons, um, 
And then there's other options, which are, you know, it could be kind of, I'm saying this because there's a mop in the corner of the room. And I know this is sort of a silly example, but it could look like a mop. Right. Um, you know, I think that uh, there are certain fantasy authors, sci-fi authors, there are certain dreamers in the world who, in the past and in the present, they would like to think about aliens being a benevolent, humanoid sort of creature that we encounter because they want... I think everyone, they would like to find life that is familiar to them. I think that when you start to go down the road of thinking that what we'll end up finding could be a bunch of mops, um, then then it starts to become a little more strange. It starts to take on a different shade of, of wow, do I really want to find something like that out there? We don't know what these things will do. We don't know whether aliens... You know, in this case, let's just assume they look like mops. We don't know what sort of powers that those... I imagine if the aliens looked like mops, right? Let's, sure. I mean, just because this this topic is so huge and so infinite. It's, it's as big and varied and, and myriad as the stars and, yeah. the, and the universe itself. So let's just, to keep it sort of limited, let's assume that they do look like mops. We, we need a handle to grab on here. Right. And, and that's, you know, and we, now we literally do. Mm. But what we don't understand is what these things want from us. Right. Uh, we don't know how smart they are. Um, but one thing we can assume is that if we met these, if these, if these mops flew here on, let's say their ship looks like a, I don't know, a frying pan. And <laughs> let's say their, uh, their ship looks like a frying pan. Sure. Okay. Why not? Well, and, and, and that's, here's the thing. Aliens are a singular break in all reality as we know it, right? It's it's almost, it's the closest thing I can think of uh, that is scientifically, and I don't always agree with science, but scientists agree with us this time, it's a scientifically plausible way of opening up the universe in a way that is only comparable, I can think of, to finding a supernatural being. Right. Well, <clears throat> and there are all sorts of theories about not only what might happen in the future if we were to meet an alien, but there's also theories about the past. How did the pyramids uh, come to exist? Was life seeded on Earth in the past at some point? So perhaps we've already met them. Perhaps we're descended from them. No one knows. But what I want to do is, since we're, we're trying to make this something that we can grab onto and really sink our teeth into. Tractable. Tractable. We've already kind of, uh, we're doing this mental exercise here, which I want to push into further about aliens looking like mops. Um, here's the question for you, Alex. I'm just going to ask you this straight up. Uh, if aliens were to look like mops, they're here on Earth. Let's just kind of continue to go down this road. Would you want to meet them? Yes. And it scares me to say that because it, you don't know. You don't know what you're getting. You don't know. And, and I don't want to get to, 
you know what? I don't know if there is a way to get crazy with a metaphor about aliens because it is truly the realm of the fantastic. Mm. So let's assume that the aliens are just here to see a movie. And that, again, you, you know, the possibilities are endless. And they could, you know, they could, they could come here to start a war or they could come here because we, because it's the only place that has Kmart Mm. and, and it would equally change humanity. And I want to be a part of that no matter what, no matter what, you know, you, you said something just a minute ago that is fascinating because, uh, Elon Musk, he was interviewed at a conference about six months ago. I, and he was asked the question, is it possible we're living in a simulation? And Elon Musk's response was, essentially, yes. He said it's a 90% certainty that this, what we're experiencing around us, is not base reality. Now, if you kind of sort of start to think down the road of what human beings are making now, you said, see a movie. Uh, Okay, Uh, we started out with Edward Moybridge, uh, you know, way back when cinema began, you know, only a hundred years ago. Now we're getting fully realized 3D rendered video games that are indistinguishable from reality almost. At some point, aliens, no matter how sophisticated they are, they're going to look at what we're making and they're going to be like, that's pretty darn cool. I'm going to come down there for the weekend and just check check it out. If aliens, I would be more than pleased if aliens came down here to participate in our culture, that's what I want to call this. And they said, we saw, you know. Gran Turismo. Yeah, we saw a commercial for Gran Turismo. And we saw a depiction of someone using some a joystick to play it. And now we want to, we want to do that, too. That looks good. And the way that you just said that, it's in sort of a halting, stilted manner. Because it's... It's, it's, it's a, realistic. It, it's, it's, it's realistic. It's also... It's just... The reason I was pausing so much is I was, ama- I was amazed. I, I took a little time to be amazed in between everything I said. Because it is... Here, I want to get to... I want to get to a really core question. I want to throw a question your way, Eric. I want to answer the question, attempt to answer the question of the podcast where it's such a wide paranormal issue that maybe the best way to approach it is right from the top. How will aliens change humanity? What's when we, when we as a a people kind of finally accept and see them, no matter what they are, what do we do afterwards? Well, I'm going to just go with my gut, and this is the first thing that comes to mind. I don't think they're going to drop out of the sky like Independence Day, and I'll tell you why. In that movie, it was pandemonium. Uh, everybody was losing their minds, chaos in the streets. I think it'll be much more like Close Encounters of the Fourth Kind. Do you remember that movie with Richard Dreyfuss? Yep. And he was building the mound of potatoes? Yep. And he was, his family was thought maybe yeah. he was having an affair or some sort of breakdown. Yeah. 
I think that that's going to be the way that they're they're signaling us with their minds. They're reaching out through these mysterious means. I think we're going to be all Richard Dreyfuses making our own type mounds of mashed potatoes. And you know that movie would have been so much more interesting if everyone was Richard Dreyfus, mm. because and the reason I say that is is that movie is actually kind of long feeling. Mm. And I wonder if there was just some kind of really big creative choice like that, if it would sort of feel like, oh, well, now this is something to see. Because, mm-hmm. you know, every once in a while, there'll be a special effect shot of like a, a UFO flying by and like, you know, some clothes kind of whip around in the wind and people get these strange sort of sunburn from the radiation of the UFO. But I mean... Which is all fine. Those mm-hmm. are the best sequences. But if in between everyone was Richard Dreyfus, then it would kind of all be at least memorable, right. if that makes sense. But but not to talk past what you're saying. Keep please. please uh, so why why don't you think that? Uh, do you assume that these aliens will be peaceful? Because I think that the only reason that Richard Dreyfus is able to sort of be reflective in a way is because it's not a cataclysm. Mm. Well, uh, I'm going to continue to go. I mean, call me crazy, but I, I that movie just sort of really hit home. And, and it made me feel like, yeah, this is probably the way it's going to be. And in that movie, there was sort of like... They were. It was debatable. Are these? Are they friendly or are they not? Because mm-hmm. they pulled a kid up through a chimney. They were coming at night. Now there was all these crazy colors, and it was very threatening and scary. But then at the end, they opened the hatch after they played this song, and everybody's dead relatives came out, and so it ended up being kind of a good thing. If I were to have to pick right now, I would say no. I don't think that they're going to be friendly at all. And I think that's interesting because that was a that was sort of a U-turn. Mm. I'm and, shooting and, and, at the, I don't have the answers just to be Right. No, none of us do. This is a an open debate or an open discussion. Would well, you think they're going to be friendly? Because I, I'll tell you what, you and I are some of the only two people that I well, that I know, period, but full stop. But beyond that that are, have the wherewithal to prepare ourselves for what could be some sort of a battle. So I want to know what you think. What, what do I think? This, man, this sounds like a cop-out. I honestly think that it could go either way. Because I think that, and here's why, they're both out there. You got, you got the warlike aliens, and you have the peace, uh, peace guys. Yeah. Well, I mean that's what they say. They they say that there are different races. Right. You you have and why I, when I say they say the experts. Well, it's just it it just makes sense, right? I mean, okay. Actually, here's here's a here's an interesting kind of thought experiment what if they are all warlike and you know they're all wharfs right they're all klingons or klingon you know comparable to klingons sort of ethos of 
you know, loving weapons and combat and conquest, that would be, if here's the way that would change humanity, it would, it would be a disaster. Hmm. It would be an absolute disaster because it's like finding out that God is the devil, Hmm. right? Because it's like, Hey, you know, that thing we wondered about for so long, is there life out there? Well, there is. It's horrible. Hmm. You know what that reminds me of? I read a book on the conquest of Peru one time, and once upon a time, there was a nation of 9 million people or something, uh, the Incan Empire, and all of a sudden, these ships pulled up, these giant boats, people had never seen anything like that, these men got off wearing shiny metal suits that were armor, and they had beards. They had never seen what, and so they had hair on their face like animals. And they were riding giant steeds. No one had ever seen a horse before in Latin America. And they marched in and they conquered this nation of 9 million people. So if it happened in the past to indigenous people in the Americas, why couldn't it happen again? It absolutely could happen again. And, and what I would say to that is, that is one very, very basic, real way that aliens could change change humanity is that they, we could be conquered and then that's that's that. Mm. We're done. Mm. It's just a matter of whether we're going to be collaborators, whether there's going to be sort of a, diff- a cast of people who sort of serve the aliens or whether they just want to sort of get rid of us all or whether, you know, some of us... Um, even though they get rid of most of us, some of us are able to sort of, you know, become sort of a, I don't know, a, sort of a pet mm. uh, or 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 an amusement. Bring pleasure to the aliens somehow. Right. Kind of like how even though, you know, after World War II, uh, obviously, you know, Nazis were, were no longer acceptable. We How, both believe that. Yeah, and, and as as it should be. However, you know, once in a while, David Bowie would talk about how he, you know, how he believed that it was time for fascism to return. Hmm. And it was just kind of a novelty. Right. And, you know, maybe some humans could sort of eek, you know, squeak by. Hmm. And it's it's sort of like, um, it's it would be sort of like a Moss Eisley cantina scene, but with fewer alien races. Mm. It would be like all one kind of alien, and then you know it would be like let's assume let's go back to assuming that they looked like mops. Mm. It would be like all mops, and then and then maybe Lando. Yeah, right. I, look, that's a future I don't want to envision because it just. I can't imagine being a pet for, but, but, but you know, maybe that's, maybe life would be better than, I mean, dogs and cats have it pretty good these days. Um, yeah, if, you know, people assume, right, Eric, that life needs to be one way. Right. Maybe we don't need our freedom. Maybe the aliens coming would make us realize that what we need is an overlord, mm. a sort of overlord race. Hmm. Gosh, it's so interesting, isn't it? I heard somebody use the phrase 
recently, we are enslaved by our liberties. And I don't remember exactly what they were talking about, but the phrase stuck in my mind because that's sort of what you're saying. It's right now we have all the opportunity to seek out um, pleasure, un- un- forbidden pleasure, and we could do, we have the freedom to do whatever, whenever. And uh, you know, sometimes you know this this show is about as much as it's about what's out there. It's also about what's in here. And um, I'm just being honest with you, sometimes I find it hard to contain that pleasure seeker inside. I'd, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I'll be in the supermarket and I'll see just a swimsuit issue of National Geographic's swimsuit issue. And it'll, I'll say, I got to get it. I'll, uh, and I'll get it right there and then I'll go in the parking lot and I'll look it through. And then I'll be done with it. And I, I don't feel good afterwards, but I don't know how to, I want to just contain that part of me that is uh, just, a, just a good time and guy, I guess. I mean, in a lot of ways, aliens represent our, uh, and the paranormal represent our replacement for a traditional idea of spirituality and morality, right? It's like, mm. we kind of have a sense of what is on our planet maybe there's something more out there and i think that's very sensible eric that it's like well is there something out there that can stop me from you know taking this kind of this thing out into the parking lot and just you know finishing up with it and i think that's a valid question one of the things that i think of when you say that is that I also have, you know, my vices that I wish I could stop, and I think that's very human. And one of the things that I do is I, I, I am not an organized man, and I am not good at planning my day or planning kind of my year or months. And one of the ways that I sort of enact that vice is that I will just drive until I run out of gas. Hmm. And um, <clears throat> if that, you know, I've gotten the call. Can can you come get me? Right. And I've and, wondered why. Why is that happening? More than once. I don't know why it happens. And in the same way that you don't know why, you know, you can't stop yourself from from doing what it is that you do. Uh, <clears throat> I cannot get myself to stop myself and it's not every time obviously right but it's often enough that it i mean you got here and you're gonna i'm assuming you have enough to get home yeah do we know well let let me put it this way now that we're talking about so much you you can bet you can bet that i'm gonna stop for gas on the way home Hmm. and but i mean but that's the thing when we have if an alien race came down there, down here, and they said, no, you're done. Now, now you're ours. Hmm. I would say, you know, I would be horrified, obviously. We all would be initially. Mm-hmm. But another reaction would be like, what a relief. Right. Because there's so much that I wish I didn't do, and now I, I literally can't. Hmm. I cannot. Right. I can't. I'm not allowed to drive. Hmm. And I'm not allowed to and so many social relationships that I am unable to maintain, mm-hmm. I would have no opportunity to have those relationships. Right. And 
So in, in the lack of freedom comes the lack of instances in which we can fail. Hmm. And, uh, you know, obviously this is just a thought exercise. Right. <clears throat> Boy, but, you know, that human quest for freedom is very strong. I mean, there are civilizations who it seemed like they had it made. Um, and then all of a sudden a hero rises. You think of the William Wallaces in the world. You think of the George Washingtons, the Napoleons, uh, John Wilkes Booth. Um, everybody. Everybody. Everybody, and, uh, everybody worth mentioning. Right. And so, gosh, that person would make it pretty scary for the rest of us if let's say you and I were content being pets for these aliens and then all of a sudden somebody stirred up some trouble you'd have to have a plan to suppress that person to push them down and say no we're fine things are fine as they are yeah what what uh what we would have to do is we have to say we need to help the mops Mm. the mops uh are good Mm -hmm. and they're strong and we need them Hmm. to be our masters and we need them to um what i would here's a slogan i'd say let's clean up for the mops that's not bad and what that would involve of course is a is an is a sort of violent struggle um against our our own brethren to stop them from you know Messing with the aliens, basically, and messing, you know, ruining a good thing. So at that point, you've got sort of a a situation like North Korea where people are spying on each other and whatnot. But it's essentially, imagine North Korea if it were Beverly Hills, the the Ritz-Carlton. Um, let, let's say you were stuck in the Ritz-Carlton. I, I really, I, I became disoriented. I just want to full be fully transparent. I became very disoriented because I really thought you were going to say a, a show or movie title when you said Beverly Hills. Mm. No, no. I mean, that's what's cool. I mean, Beverly Hills is a place where you can go and, uh, and it's also part of a movie title and a show title. I mean, well, that's what, that is part of what makes what I'm saying so, impactful yeah is that it's everything it's what that represents that represents pleasure Mm. imagine being in a cocoon of pleasure and all of a sudden there's some probably an irishman just stirring the pot Mm -hmm. you might say to yourself i'm gonna rat that guy out imagine if prison a maximum security prison i mean the same irishman's there right and just imagine you're having the time of your life. You're having all sorts of fun new experiences. You're meeting all the... Everybody's got an interesting story in the yard. It's like the good parts of Shawshank Redemption. Right. Right. You wouldn't want to ruin that. Uh, I mean, Tim Robbins is a very likable character. Mm-hmm. And if there's other people like him in prison... Mm-hmm then it's going to be kind of an opportunity to have interesting intellectual conversations and find spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. And so if this Irishman is 
screwing up your relationship with the various Tim Robbins analogs that are in prison, then that man needs to be, you know, it needs to be taken care of one way or another. He needs to be dealt with. We, so so that, this, this has been an exploration of one possible way of how aliens can change humanity. And let's take a little chapter break here and we'll explore some more options. But for now, I think let's cut to our commercial of the day. That's right, folks. We here at Dark of the Night aren't officially sponsored by anyone, but we would like to be. And so each episode we do a commercial in order to showcase the ability that we can do commercials. And tonight our uh, sponsor that's in quotes is Guitar Center. Uh, Guitar Center is a place where you can buy a new guitar and feel good about it, but you don't have to stop there. Why not pick up a distortion pedal on the way out? You may think, I'm intimidated because I don't know that much about guitars, but then our sales team approaches you and says, you look like a Gibson kind of guy. For the Beethovens in the family, they have synths and keyboards. Some models can even have built-in effects, including reverb. All the accessories that a real rock star would want are right next to the cash register. Picks, tuning, forks, and uh, guitar straps. Guitar Center. Come for the guitars, stay for the bass amps. So we're discussing how aliens will change humanity. We just got into, uh, you know, and admittedly, I think a tr- what would traditionally considered a dark outcome, which is that these aliens, uh, the example we keep giving is that they possibly, they might look like mops mm. and, and they flew here in a frying pan, mm-hmm. uh, that they conquered us and we sort of welcomed it. Mm-hmm. I think there's other ways that, Aliens could change humanity, Eric. And I think one of the ways is a spiritual way Mm. of opening up and making us realize that we are not alone. Hmm. And what would that do to the human mind? That's a great question. You know, sometimes when you're laying in bed alone and you just think, is this all there is? And you're staring up at the ceiling. Your mind calls out for something more. If I knew that there was life on other planets, I might think to myself, well, now I'm sort of spiritually connected to something bigger. Um, I might quit my day job and I might go out into the woods and meditate. I might join some sort of a religious revival. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. It's it's I guess I'm not that in touch with my personal spirituality at this point. I would like to be. That's part of why we do this show is to ask these kind of questions. I mean, do you, do you feel like you would have some sort of a spiritual awakening if aliens came? You know, in one way it seems kind of mundane, but I think one of the most dramatic ways that you could, and that you just mentioned, is that you could demonstrate how this thing has changed you, mm. is you could say, I quit at mm. my job. You know, you could sort of have a Jerry Maguire type, you know, just a really big nervous breakdown mm. in the middle of, you know, kind of saying, you know, you know, not instead of, you wouldn't be saying the, the exact quotes from Jerry Maguire, but it would be a similar vibe, I guess. And you'd be saying things like there's aliens now 
and I'm and I'm quitting. And <clears throat> well, the, well, I mean that the only thing I could see that be, being complicating that picture you just painted, that very empowering picture, is that I mean everybody seems like everybody would be doing that at the same time. Which right, there's which, no no one to quit to. Right. But gosh, wouldn't it be exciting though to be wearing the same colored robes with tens of thousands of people uh, chanting somewhere? Crystal. I mean, that's why I wear a crystal around my neck is because I'm into that general thing that like you know I'm I don't know what you call it uh, New Age ism, um, mm-hmm. a kind of. A, a f- what I would call a fresh kind of spirituality that is detached from traditional religion, right. that is connecting right with the earth, right with the paranormal and the supernatural right. through various rocks and trinkets that you can buy at, you know, stores that are named, you know, sort of semi-poetic names. Mm-hmm. Almost that, uh, if if I would sort of rate the general poetic sort of uh, quality of the names um, aesthetically would be like the equivalent of sort of a, a postcard, you know, it sort of feels like, well, this picture is kind of cheesy, but at the same time, it's a picture of something so beautiful. I think I'll go inside. I don't, uh, I I don't exactly know. I kind of got lost in that. Well, no, I mean, newegg.com. Right. You you can get, stones they are now really that's that's actually very interesting to me yeah i i i I very much want to ask more questions about Mm newegg.com but let's back up let's back up yep what you're talking about eric is the unity of spirituality a new kind of spirituality between humanity right right uh expressed through robes and crystals you know primarily ideally i would even say Mm -hmm. And just a beautiful, beautiful sight. You know, tons of people. Free love. Free food. Yeah. It's like Burning Man, but with all of... Ton- because because it's not just a small sort of section of society. All really good food is there. and And not everyone would be hot, probably, is another byproduct of... Because it would be a larger swath of people coming in. Right. So the downside of everyone being part of this burning man to celebrate the aliens is that everyone, no no one is nearly as chiseled or attractive as in burning man. However, you do get many, because there's so many different kinds of people, you know, you've people who, because they're unattractive, maybe bring a bunch of pizzas from pizza hut. Hmm. And although physically, that results in something that I would say is a is an unattractive thing to see. The the you know the, the taste sensation is sort of another realm of enjoyment to sort of make up for that. Well, look, Pizza Hut, Domino's, we know how pleasurable those things are, but I don't even know if you would want that if you were set free from your the daily the mundane grind. If you were truly tapped into some sort of new spirituality that the aliens provided, a new song in your heart, a new harmony in the universe, you wouldn't want Domino's anymore. You wouldn't want Pizza Hut. 
That's why I want Domino's. That's why I want Pizza Hut is because I don't have that. See, I have a completely different take on Domino's and Pizza Hut. And this is why, where the tension between you and I, I think, becomes really interesting. Is what I would want to do is as soon as I quit my job, I would say, and let's assume some other people, I get to go in a, another car with other people going to this place. I'd say, we're st- let's stop at Pizza Hut. And because that'll sort of, that'll make this a two times quality experience. Well, when we went to Binghamton to interview a Sasquatch expert, you suggested let's stop at Pizza Hut. And it was not, I sort of, you know, I sort of laughed ironically. Right. But that was a cover up. Mm. I wanted to go in there. Yeah. Uh, And it wasn't good. It wasn't great. But, um, but it was, it was good because you felt like you're doing something a little naughty in a way. Um, yeah, it wasn't good, but man, that would be a, that would be a huge disappointment hmm. if you got to the, you know, the big field with all the people and the, and then you people, what I, what, what I imagine it would feel like is like people around you are so happy and celebrating and, you know, kissing and saying they're here, the aliens are here. And I would sort of be in the background kind of sitting next to the pizza just waiting, just maybe on a maybe on a milk crate or something. Just kind of listening, you know, just kind of looking at the pizza, being like, "I can't believe this wasn't good." Mm. Well, yeah, I mean, that's a sort of a unfortunate picture to 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 think. I mean, I don't think there's any reason to believe that you wouldn't be celebrating with everyone else. No, 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 no. This would be temporary, um, for sure, but. I would say, look, I want to think that if aliens come in a way that, look, you and I believe that aliens exist. Sure. I mean, and I believe that aliens are visiting all the time, but it's not out in the open. And I would think that once they're out in the open, it would be such a huge elation that I would somehow not get disappointed when I when I get shitty Pizza Hut. Hmm. But well, I don't know if that's... Yeah, you know, I don't know if that's true. Well, let me tell you, my friend, you are being so optimistic about all this, um, which I completely respect. We need to believe in that that things are going to turn out well. But most of the abduction accounts are not very promising. You've got a lot of people that are being probed, uh, that are being taken by force, that are being frozen in their beds. I remember an account from a book called Communion from the 80s. You remember it very well. Uh One of the first big abduction books written by Whitley Strieber. And he recounts, I'll never forget, there's a section where he says he woke up in his bed in the middle of the night and he was frozen. And he looked and he saw a shadow right next to the door in his bedroom and the shadow suddenly started to move, and it was a small gray alien, and he ran up to him, and they grabbed him and took him up into their ship, and boy, reading that was horrifying, and so I'm just saying, you know, it may not be a crystal spiritual revival. It may be aliens coming in your bedroom and grabbing you and throwing in in, in their ship and probing you. Look, I am a... Here's how, here's how I'd respond to that. Every day, right, we wake up and we don't want to get out of bed, right? And, 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 or, um, no, that's true. Yeah. And what I'd say is, is that I look in the mirror 
And I'd say, I say to myself, you know, I, maybe not consciously, but I say, you know, I could be, you know, I could get into a car accident or something on the way to work. And, and I think to myself, you know, okay. And I guess where I was going with that is, is that I'm a man who is ready to, ready to roll and I'm ready, I'm ready to rock and roll and, and whatever life's got, you know, car crash, take me down. Okay. Uh, a mega volcano. Okay. Nuclear war. All right. Well, what I'm saying, what I'm saying is this, you can die many different ways. If it's in the final coming war between good and evil, all right, so be it. If it's when the aliens descend and they say, we are not good and we're going to kill you, I'd say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to try to kill some of you. And, um, you know, I would go crazy. Hmm. Man, I know what you're saying. Uh, about once a month when I'm shaving, I will, I'll buy one of those packets of the disposable razors that each one costs maybe, you know, 50 cents or something. And when I'm shaving in the middle of my stroke, I will press into it and just look at my eyes in the mirror until the head breaks off the razor. Uh, and it leaves a little red line of blood kind of there. It's not really a deep wound, but I just feel like, man, um, mm, it's my rebellion against myself, I guess. So I know what you're saying in terms of as human beings and as men, you got to be ready to face no matter what the day brings. And whether that's your boss who's a piece of work or whether it's uh, your, you know, the some woman that you're talking to and she's giving you the business or whatnot, you got to take it as it is. Right. That's exactly right. The name of the show is, is dark of the night. And there's, we believe that there, this is a spiritual, spiritual journey. This is a journey to find ourselves, to find the truth. But the truth is that we both know is that there's a lot of darkness out there. And what you and when that darkness, it looks like the darkness is going to win, what you do is, is you go, you know, fuck you. Right. You, you do do that. Sometimes you just take, because, you know, we, uh, you, we do have a couple of firearms, and you just take them in the backyard, and you just shoot. Probably 17 rounds into the ground. <laughs> and you just are yelling the whole time. And your neighbors are not thrilled with it. But what else are you going to do? Right, right. Right. It's, 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 um, there's a scene in the first line of James Bond's with, uh, it's the current guy. The guy who is in, um, Spectre. Right. Uh, I can't remember his name. I can't remember his name. You know, he's... It, I want to... Yeah. Daniel Craig. Daniel is. Craig. He's he's a very, you know, sort of... Uh, he he looks like a commando. Mm -hmm. You know, he he's like built like Schwarzenegger almost. And and there's a scene in Casino Royale, the first line of the, the new films. And the uh, the villain, Le Chiffre, uh a villain who cries tears of blood... 
he he's taking a, a kind of weapon um and he's he's whipping Daniel Craig you know in the testicles I, I, remember, I remember and it's a brutal scene and and Daniel Craig looks like he's crying at one point after four or five hits and and you know because I'm pretty sure it was PG-13 so he didn't say fuck you but that's basically the vibe of what I can't remember. I, you know, he basically went, fuck you. Right. Instead of giving him any information. And that's, I watched that scene and I was like, well, that's, that's what I would do. Hmm. I'd just be, I'd be a madman if, if I was going to be destroyed by aliens, I would be a madman screaming, you know, fuck you. Hmm. And I'd just be freaking out. Saying fuck you, <laughs> right? Well, <clears throat> you know, that's a, a sort of a dark place to take it. But hey, look, you got to be prepared for all eventualities. And and I think we've done a thorough job talking about more optimistic versions. Let's let's sort of round off our discussion with somewhere in the gray area, right? Mm. Which sure. is what if we sort of advance into a place where we enter a kind of Galactic politics, right? Right. Real politique with E.T. and company. You know, I think it's very possible. In 30, 40 years, the singularity will have occurred. Uh, we don't know in what way we will merge with machines completely. And so when the aliens come, we may be fully prepared to... Uh, be on a level playing field with them. And at that point, we're going to just say, look, what do you guys want? Here are our list of demands. Now let's ex- let's work it out. Right. Um, I don't know how politics really functions. Um, I know, obviously, there's the political theater and all this stuff. But, but if you were interacting with beings that just barely, you ba- probably have the most... Um, <clears throat> basic tools of communication, right? So I, I imagine that's how it has to go. You just say, here's what we want. You know, you just hand a list over and you just say, give, you know, give us that stuff. Hmm. And, you know, maybe, maybe there's a couple, um, I don't know why I'm imagining literally just a, a paper list written in pencil. Um, but I imagine the aliens also have a paper list written in pencil and they kind of, you know, <clears throat> pass it over and it just kind of goes on for a while. Sure. Well, look, I think that that could happen in, but it may be happening at the speed of thought. There's no reason to believe that we're going to just, we have to write it in paper. Um, but it, I, the principle holds true. It may be a list of things that were sort of beaming across uh, from one mind to the next, and then they send back a list, and you send back a list, and you're just kind of, it's like, hey, like, sort of give me these resources. Yes, yeah, you give me these resources. Yes, and you're just slamming the ball back and forth as fast as you can, playing some sort of a mental tennis match. Yeah, yeah. So the aliens are like, "Give us the water," and and we're like, "You you give you give us the water." Hmm. Well, yeah. Now, uh, 
maybe we maybe so so to round out our picture of what may happen maybe we'll have a galactic senate maybe maybe it'll be right. something like that maybe it'll be sort of a one galaxy or one universe uh un situation or maybe it'll be more like star trek where there'll be more we and the earthlings have a quadrant and then the mops have a quadrant and the Cardassians have a quadrant. We that seems to me, honestly, I, I think when I think, and maybe I'm a Star Trek fan, right. partially just because of the optimism in Star Trek, and also because Picard. But when I think of the universe, I think of sort of an organization similar to something metaphorical to what we have now, which is there's territories, there's alliances. Um, but I want to try to go outside my comfort zone. And what if, you know, what if what we have is that Senate that you mentioned before and what we are, and we're sort of in a, a UN type situation where we say, you know, you know, I'm a proud Look, I'm a not in not in what I'd say a, a backwater hillbilly kind of way, but I am a proud American. I'm proud of our culture. Uh, I know there's there's some negative aspects to our culture, but I think that if I had to go to a galactic senate where there's you know thousands of alien cultures, the first thing that I I would rush in there. And I'd say you're not, you're not gonna. Everyone starts speaking English, because I'm not going to deal with any of you. On your terms. Because this is my. This is my place. Hmm. <laughs> well, I mean that is sort of a strong approach, and they may respect that. They may say. These earthlings, they're tough negotiators. You know, when the American Indians were trying to deal with the white uh, conquistadors and colonialists that came over, they sort of gave away the farm. And now they had to because we, you know, I mean, and I don't mean to say we, I, from what my family tells me, there's some Native American blood there. So, but, but the whites, they had guns, they had weapons and so, you know, you kind of had to play play ball, but but, you know, if you come in strong and you say, "Hey, here's a line in the sand. You guys better speak English." Well, that's a way to play it. Well, I think exactly. The my thinking is is this. I think the most shameful part of Earth's history, one of the most shameful parts is is the history of the strong mistreating you know, people of different cultures, you know, people with advanced technologies. And what I would want to do is I want to rush in there and I'd say, I'd say, hey, everybody, look at me. You're not going to do what so many people back home did to, to us because that we shouldn't have done that and that was bad. But we're not going to, you're not going to do it to us. Hmm. And, and, and I would be, I'd be pointing at everyone and I'd be, I'd just be making all sorts of, 
you know, gestures and gesticulating to really make sure everyone was watching me while I, while I screamed, you know, different variations of what I just said. I don't mean to take this into a personal direction. I feel like this is unfair for me to do, but I just want to point out since this is a journey inward, please do what you just described was almost identical to the scene in the courtroom when you and your wife were discussing your separation and discussing custody of your kids. Uh, You almost did that very same thing. Right. Because you, you've seen these things play out before, right? You've seen these different movies and these, and read these stories. It's a cliche that, that, you know, how these court cases go, which is both people sit there and at the end the judge renders a decision. And what I wanted to go in and do was, you know, go in there and say, this is not going to go. This is not going to go forward like this. This is my space. And I am who I am, and all of you, none of you are going to tell me what's next for me. And I would, that's what I did. I did that, and my children were shocked, and the judge, it took him a couple minutes to gather himself, but he eventually censured me, and it was a very harsh fine. But... You know, I did it, and I did lose the case. And I think part of the reason that I want, you know, and I'm kind of having a little bit of a difficult time getting through to the end of this because I'm really having a hard time thinking about this, is they're not going to, the aliens aren't going to do what the judge did to me that day. Because that, that was the... That was the last straw. (laughs) That was the last straw. Yeah, I... I I, I respect and admire your gumption on that day, even though I didn't understand it, and I still don't, but... Thank you for coming, by the way. Well, you didn't have a ride, and... That court, dr- court's house is in the middle of nowhere. I had driven my car right. into the middle of a forest until I ran out of gas. So, you know, I, I, I'm here for you. and But, you know, it's only by going to these dark places in our past, going to these dark places in our psyche, and by visiting the dark places out there in the universe that we're able to make sense of all this. And um, it seems like we're about out of time. Let's, let's put a cap on this. This is a topic we're definitely going to revisit in the future, but I think here's my takeaway, Eric. There's so many possibilities, good and bad, of how the apocal discovery of how aliens could change humanity... We have to be ready for all of them. And and the best way to be ready is to just s- sit and wait. Hmm. 
and and be just be ready and just really get ready. I think those are wise words. And I hope that all of our listening audience takes them to heart. I hope you out there are exploring your inner truth as well as the truths that are hidden from us here on earth. Uh, please tune in next week to Dark of the Night podcast. And don't forget to follow us on YouTube at Dark of the Night Show, D-O-T-N Show. Um, or find us just by searching for Dark of the Night Subscribe to our YouTube channel for a lot of paranormal updates and video content. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Watch yourselves out there.